This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Lanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room, Rosemary. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you. Yeah. So, listen, we love kicking the show off by asking this question. Do you yourself come from a family of business owners, working professionals, creatives, anything of that nature? Uh, actually, yes. Um, my parents own a bookstore. Uh, and they owned a local Christian bookstore in Topeka, Kansas. And uh, uh, so that's kind of... At, at some of those uh, national conventions he used to drag me to, uh, that's where I my dream to write was born, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. That is awesome, first of all, being able to grow up in that environment, watching the way those things run, then being invited to the communities of that and, and growing up in that. That's an opportunity that not many get. And I can see how that translated into inspiring you to write. And, and now you write Christian fiction, nonfiction? Uh, nonfiction. Um, well, some of it's fiction. Um, I have a little children's book I wrote that was fiction. But um, yeah, um, nonfiction um, got really started writing to military families, uh, military uh, wives, kids, um, and my husband and I uh, co-author together, and he wrote his memoir uh, from his experience in Vietnam. So uh, our tribe of people is, is uh, military. I see. Okay, right. Well, it's good that you know who your tribe is and who you're writing for. You know, there's a lot of businesses and other people who start things and have no idea who they're talking to, why they're talking to them. And so it ends up all over the place. In your experience, have you ever dared to venture out or are you pretty comfortable and pretty excited about just focusing on that? Well, actually, I did uh, did venture out. Um, my first solo book was uh, called Repurposed Faith. And uh, that book was um, just kind of a general book to kind of help inspire people that felt like they'd gotten a little stuck in their in their spiritual journey. Uh, and that was just a general um, population of people, actually. And I remember trying to focus in on how that was going to work with because my husband and I worked in a military ministry called Point Man for over for about 27 years. So I was trying to break away from that. And uh, what happened was I kind of came full circle back into uh, writing in the, in, in uh, books that are kind of related to military, uh, just kind of uh, how, how things fell into place. But then I also uh, realized how I could use that, that other book uh, with the military wives that I work with. So it's all good. Yeah. Okay. Right on. I mean, uh, Jason yeah. himself is a career military professional, so I'm sure that this is uh, interesting news to him. Yeah. Well, now you're part of my tribe. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. I did 23, 23 years and retired and, and, uh, hence in what, the birth in what of branch? The army. Yeah. Army. Oh yeah. Thank yeah. you for your service. Oh yeah. I'm glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hear and on, you. 
and on to a different war. I call it the war of business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was curious, all this war room talk. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like all over that because uh, we had a retired two-star general that was on our advisory team and we'd get in these little rooms and he had the whiteboard and he had his color-coded goals and objectives like he used to use, you know, when he was in uh, planning war strategies uh, and he really helped us in our in our focus and uh very cool yeah i yeah. see but now uh, what are you doing now are you still focused on just writing and and because i know you went full circle with it or are you looking to branch out into other industries besides uh being an author well um n- I'm pretty focused, actually. I'm pretty laser focused on that right now. Uh, One of the primary reasons is because of the high number of veteran suicides right now. And also uh, with the issue of uh, war all around us, you know, I just want it to all go away. Like I'm like, uh, I'm I'm like with you, Jason, I want it to just go. I just want it to go away. And I just want to write little children's books that are fun and whatnot. And I am. I am writing children's books uh, for military kids. That's kind of a new area for me. I have just written one so far. But, um, you know, just things like, you know, why do people tie a yellow ribbon around an old oak tree? I mean, what is that? Uh, Children don't understand that. Children uh, who have parents that are deployed, they don't understand why mommy has to be gone or why daddy's not the same as he was when he left. Uh, These difficult issues of PTSD, and uh, I, I remember talking to a um, guy, I was uh, doing a, I was pitching this idea to a, a literary agent. And he's like, well, why would you write a story about war for kids? And I'm like, because we have millions of military kids in this country. And uh, somebody, if, if we can't as adults get down on their level and try to talk to them about some of these difficult issues, then who will? And so um, that being said, uh, the creative side of me, I do a lot of journaling. And um, it's interesting because kind of a trend in working with uh, veterans with PTSD and others with trauma uh, has to do with journaling and writing as a part of their healing. And uh, as I did that, I kind of got into illustrated journaling. And then I got into watercolor. And so now I'm taking watercolor classes. And so I can see kind of how that creative thing crosses over in other areas. I see. Yeah, no, um, you bring up some incredible points, especially with it's such a responsibility. And it's one that I think we should do more of is really helping articulate in a way that kids can understand how the world is currently in a state that it's in. because. Otherwise, you know, a lot of that bleeds into family. Now, I'm not a parent, okay? Uh, I grew up in, in, in a troubled household, and nobody ever explained anything to me. And so I just grew up wondering. There's just like this blur mm-hmm. <laughs> at some point in my life. And I, I can only imagine if there was a resource that sort of tried to articulate some of these ideas, mm-hmm. uh, in particular with like war being so prevalent in our society. I mean, it's it's... Unfortunately, I don't think it'll be going away anytime soon as long as uh, the creature known as man continues to want to lay uh, <laughs> stay claim to some part of the world and avoid others uh, yeah. taking part of it. There will always be a division. And so it's 
it's an incredible task that you've undertaken. Uh, and I think uh, what you spoke about also with uh, the suicide rate, I mean, I can only imagine there are certain things that you see that you can't unsee. And if I were to put myself in those shoes and know that I also had lost faith in there ever being any hope, I can see how much of a slippery slope that can be. So someone writing in a voice that seeks to land on those type of ears and help them address and and reassess, change perspective, look at it through a new lens, a new slant. All that is powerful work. Uh, and I can see why being laser focused on something that important, uh, I'm happy that you're passionate about it because anyone who would be doing a half impassioned sort of effort towards something like that right. wouldn't be doing a service. So I, I really appreciate that that's what you do because we I don't think there's any life that can be spared in our world. And what you're doing by helping others get a grip, uh, a new grip on reality and moving forward to become consistent, contributing members of society and getting back in and on their best foot forward. I mean, talk about like doing the work. So thank you for that. Just seriously, if, if, if that is how you're looking at it, I hope it is. Yeah. Just know that it's awesome. <laughs> well, um, I, I really, one thing that's really important to me, I mean, I was a business owner. I owned a, a business working with elderly people, uh, carrying connections years ago. And um, one thing I, I'm, it's really important to me is doing things well and doing things professionally. And um, I was, um, you know, I realized that there just isn't a lot of, of books written, especially to, to children. Uh, and um but also not a lot really that really hands out like how, how do you deal with this issue of uh, like uh, with the veterans? And so, uh, so it's kind of twofold. And my husband, uh, you know, it, it took me 50 years to get him to write down his story. And because uh, he's, he's a, he likes to tell his stories, amazing, miraculous stories. He should have been killed so many times. But then he doesn't like to write. And so we had to come together on that whole thing. And uh, then on our 50th anniversary in 2020 is when we finally got nine pairs of boots in Vietnam into print. And uh, it's it's been amazing to see uh, how it's been received. The, um, the subtitle being Steps to Healing Every Veteran Needs to Know. And uh, so uh, we try to uh, follow through with that. And then that's led us to well, hopefully you'll ask me about uh, our new program that we're going to look at uh, starting, uh, which is called Reboot Recovery, a well-tested suicide prevention trauma program that we are going to start in 2023. That's what we're working on now. Oh, but, uh, and in, another thing I want to mention, you know, you know, about the kids books, like I have this book, um, my husband's restoring an M151A2 army Jeep. And uh, so I wrote a book about it i gave the, the jeep a name and a personality his name is marty mutt and uh, <laughs> the uh, title of the book is the little jeep who couldn't beep and so i was at this coffee shop one day and there was a gal there said hey here's my friend over here that just walked in tell her about this children's book you wrote so i'm trying to give her a brief synopsis of ah, a little jeep that was like shoved aside in a shed for many years all torn up banged up couldn't didn't run, didn't have an engine, couldn't beep a horn, none of it. And one day, you know, Sergeant Willie comes along, opens the door, 
and, and drags him into the sunlight, takes him home, fixes him up. And at the end of the day, he's in the 4th of July parade and he's got the dog and the flags and the kids on the side and uh, he could beep his horn again. And I, I basically just said it's a story about restoration, really, about something that had been been forgotten about and, and, and then it was restored to its original purpose. And the gal started crying and I'm like, oh, my goodness, what have I said? And she goes, you know, there, there was, we just had something in our family where it had been hidden for many years and it's been brought out now. And we're talking about it as a family. And she said, I'd be interested to read that little book. And I thought a little did I know that this little book that's for three to seven year olds would touch the heart of an adult like that. Some of us uh, have parts of our three and seven year old selves that we haven't addressed. Yeah. You know, I, I can see how important that is. You know, it makes me consider something really interesting about what you just said overall on a higher abstract level. Storytelling. Mm-hmm. Both you and your husband, right? You've made this a part of your life. Of course, there's a craft to it. But is there a philosophy to storytelling that you live by? I know the craft is you set up the conflict. There's the denouement. You know, is there a point, the beginning, middle, and end? All everyone has read those bullet points, if you will, right? And anyone who did their homework got good at them. Uh, but is there is there a sort of a, a philosophy? How do you keep the soul intact when it comes to storytelling? Well, um, because we're faith based ministry, you know, always like to bring that part of it in. Like at the end of this little book, there's just a little bedtime prayer. So, uh, you know, bringing in. Uh, like the steps to healing in the in the nine pairs of boots in Vietnam book, the very first step to healing is you can't be healed unless you know the healer. So before you go into all the you know psychological steps or the these things that can help, uh, you know we can. It is too big of a problem. It's beyond us because, and you will find this in the literature a lot. The uh, they talk about soul wounds with veterans. Uh, not just veterans, though. Anybody that's had trauma, the soul, the heart and the soul is wounded. And we have a patch that says not all wounds are visible. That's that's where we try to touch on that to say, you know, we see this because a lot of times when people have this kind of trauma, they become isolated. They don't know how to put words to the emotions that are going on inside. So then it's like this beach ball of emotion and uh, one day they can't hold it down anymore. So we try to bring those out gently by just trying to touch on the heart of what might be going on. In the case of a child, maybe it's loneliness. It's maybe their parents' uh, overflow of anger. It doesn't have anything to do with them, but that's how it comes out. And so they don't understand what's going on. Uh, just trying to get them to say somebody out there can recognize what you may be feeling. and you know, if you feel alone and maybe you feel like the big people in your life haven't been able to love you like you need to be loved, uh, guess what? There's a God that loves you and he and you can even call him daddy because he's that close to your heart. So that's kind of thing. It's taking faith from more than just a let's let's check off this Sunday thing that we do and and making it dynamic, making it personal, making it real uh, to be able to touch the hearts of what people are really going through. And uh, so that's the thread we like to use not only, you know, with the kids, but especially 
with the books that we write for veterans and the wives and families of veterans. I love that. A dynamic place for faith. Yeah. Uh, Jason, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what we've been talking about so far. Well, here's what I love about what you're doing is for years, the children were kind of forgot about. And the kids didn't really come into attention until probably about 2009 or 10. I was still in at the time. And they were starting to diagnose children with PTSD. And because of the um, sheer amount of stress and the mothers and fathers were deployed at the same time. So the kids were shipped off to aunts and uncles or grandmas and grandpas or whatever the case may be. They tried not to do that. But in the military, if you're dual military, you have to have a family care plan. If that happens, right? It can happen. They try not to do it, but it happened a lot mid-war and a lot of kids were very damaged from that. So it's good to see that someone out there is approaching it a little bit different. Because it's not always about, well, just shove them in with a psychologist or put them in counseling or any of that. The more you can come down to a child's level and explain it differently. My wife's super good at doing this and I'm not, but she's really, really good at doing it because I'll listen to her, just bring it down. I'll try to explain it. And I can just tell it's like deer in the headlights look, right? But then she'll take the time to sit down with him and explain it in a story or something like that. And he's just, he's got it. He's six years old. So what you're doing is important and it's can affect a lot of lives. And PTSD runs way deeper than just the military, the men and women that deploy, the families take a beating Mm -hmm. probably more actually a lot of times you know I remember my dad my dad's a Vietnam vet and I remember he had said they'd they'd heard that an aircraft went down and it was a team of three well I was a team of three um, traveling that same day so obviously he was freaking out about that and the stress for eight hours When I had gotten back to uh, base camp there, the FOB, you know, we were watching the news at night and I saw that and I instantly thought he's probably thinking. I called it. <laughs> so I called him and, and I could just hear the relief in his voice. But that was probably a very painful day. I'm sure there were many others, but, <laughs> but just that during that time, and we were fortunate because like my dad and your husband, they didn't have all this technology back in Vietnam. <laughs> so right. you just didn't hear anything unless a government vehicle showed up, then you knew it wasn't a good thing. So, well, but. yeah, we have a resource we use in our, our ministry. It's called when war comes home as mm. a, a powerful, powerful book that deals with just what you're talking about. It comes home and what, what affects uh, one veteran family i mean it's just as a ripple effect uh no matter what it is that that's going on there yeah and the fear of those home front wives that are sitting there you know just the anxiety and the fear and at the same time all the responsibility of keeping that family together on their shoulders you know things are breaking down they things that it's just actually it's, it's an incredible area that we work in because the traumas are so deep i remember my husband used to tell me he said I think sometimes I thought early on that if I ever really started talking about what happened, I would start crying 
but then I'd never be able to stop. And I'm like, whoa, that is some, that's some deep grief right there. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a lot. We, uh, our group is is now reaching on beyond veterans to uh, law enforcement officers, first responders, and others that have trauma. And and when you think about that, you're going, this is too much. This is too much for us to do. And so we're trying to partner. We are partnering with other military organizations, ministries, and there's some amazing ones out there. There's one group called the Warrior's Journey. They're kind of an umbrella, and we've got all these little ragtag nonprofits underneath them. And uh, so that like, if one group maybe has, maybe they're in one area, maybe they're in Chicago, they get a call about a veteran that needs this in trouble or a wife that's in trouble. They can find somebody in that big group that can go one-on-one and come alongside and walk with them through that. And so, yeah, partnering, that's where, that's where we're all about right now. We're going, this is too big for just our little group. And so we need to join hands with others with similar missions. Now, where so, can people go to connect with you and look in deeper into what it is that you're doing? Well, our Kansas uh, point, uh, website is uh, pointmankansas.com. And then we have a national org, uh, website called, uh, it's P-M-I-M, Pointman International Ministries. Dot org, I believe. And then um, my personal author site is just my name, Rosie, R-O-S-I-E, rosiejwilliams.com. Okay, right on. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm sure anyone listening, the relevant parties are going to be taking full advantage of that and reaching out to you. Um, with that said, I think it's also a perfect time before we begin to bring things to a close. Uh, to go ahead and also give a shout out to someone who made a conversation of this level possible. Uh, And that is uh, our supporter from our community by the name of, uh, it's a company called Sharing the Credit, run by Will Black. Essentially, every time someone swipes a credit or debit card, there's a fee that gets taken out that goes to a bank. And the interesting tidbit here is that legally, you're allowed to dictate where that goes, instead of going to a bank, you can actually send that to your preferred nonprofit organization or what have you. And so all you have to do is go to sharingthecredit.com or you can call if you've got a pen and paper, 877-201-7215. And you can let them know you heard about it on the war room. I'm sure that'll open the red carpet for you. But it's, it's just an incredible thing because these are the little things that nobody knows about because, uh, you know, the systems were set up a long time ago. But uh, there are definitely ways to continue to create more impact in everything that you do. And it can be as simple as changing the way you swipe and the way you accept payments, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, sharingthecredit.com. Rosie, getting back to what we were talking about because it's been a powerful conversation, uh, I'm really curious to hear your answer on this as we bring things to a close. Our big question, our grand finale of every conversation we have is this, but it's open-ended. So there's no such thing as a wrong answer. And that is, if you could have invited anybody to this conversation, specifically because of the things we covered, the three of us here covered today, who would you have had here in this room with us and why them? I would have any, anyone, but it's particularly any veteran or a veteran family member who is at the end of their hope and is having thoughts of, of taking their own lives. If I could have 
just anybody in here, I would just want to throw them out a, a lifeline of hope to connect them with someone that's their, maybe their own, has served the same conflict they've served in the same age group, somebody that has gone through the same thing they've gone through, uh, that understands them, that's been where they've been and come out on the other side with hope and with healing and helping others, other veterans. That's the ones I'd want in here is the ones that say, I can't do this anymore and be able to connect them with someone that can come alongside of them to give them hope and uh, realize that, um, yeah, there, there, there is life. There's, there's some choices they can make uh, for, for treatment, for uh, classes, for different things that, that are being offered online and such that can help them and make a difference between life and death. Wow. Absolutely. I expected an answer of that level. It was just necessary. Uh, with that said, it is tradition around here for Jason to close out the show, but I, I can't thank you enough for bringing so much heart and soul to the work that you do. And I'll, I'll let Jason close us out. Yeah, man, what a great conversation. Obviously, these are the conversations that are most near and dear to my heart, obviously. Um, being one of those that uh, has been through many of the things that you've talked about and uh, came out on the other side on the good end of it. So, which is good. And, you know, you, you have a very important and uh, very heavy mission that you're on. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of responsibility and it's a lot of, it's a lot to take on a lot of other people's emotions, right? And taking on those emotions are burdens to, uh, to sometimes to our own lives. But there are good people like you that are willing to do that. And all we can do is hope that when somebody is there, that they will do the reach mm -hmm. and reach for the right thing, the right tool, right. Um, not the wrong tools. Uh, because a lot of people do, they reach for the wrong tools like booze and drugs and all those things. And there are things out there to help. So keep doing, keep fighting the good fight. And I appreciate what you do very much. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks guys. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.